Well, hey, Stacy. No, I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah, you're going there. If you put the hand up, I will. How does it feel to lose at foosball? How does it feel to get another partner for you on the show? Okay. <laughs> you know, it was just one game. I you can't know, here's the deal. Champion. Here's why I'm a little upset. I'm not totally upset that you beat my pants off at foosball before we started this whole thing today. I'm upset because I didn't know there was foosball. Because when there's foosball, I get really into it. Yeah. And after you beat me nine to three, I was sweating like crazy. Yeah. And I had to like take a mini shower up there in the dressing room because I'm like, I'm going to stink this whole day. We wanted to make this place fun. So it is fun. We we found the foosball table. I built the legs for it, bought the foosballs, and here we are. It was good. Our guest today, I'm so excited. I told Jason you were a surprise guest. <laughs> surprise okay. guest. Caitlin Leister. So Leister. So my full name is Stacy Powell's Leister. So, yes. oh, we're related. Stacey. Dan's daughter. Yes, Dan's oldest daughter, Caitlin, is in town. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, we didn't have the 12 o'clock spot was filled. The person canceled. And so now, last night, and you guys, what were you watching on television last night? You and your husband-to-be. Sweet Tooth. Sweet on Tooth. Net on Netflix. Yes. And so I said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to get out of the house? And her getting out of the house is a good thing because she's got a seven-month-old. It's uh, Zayden. Adorable. Oh, he's so that cute. That picture you sent. The other day when I was having my tea just really cheered me up and made my day. He is really adorable and he is everywhere. And but he's all about mom. Yeah. You know, mom puts him to sleep. Mom does this, mom did that. And mom's like, I need a break. <laughs> so how about doing a TV show? That'll be a good break for you. Mm. Um so Caitlin's up here because she's getting married. On the, lake on the beach, right? And then the reception at our house. Yep. So are you guys doing it at the same place, the same beach? It will that? be pretty similar to pretty close. Down, down a little bit. Down a little bit more. Yeah, down a little bit more. Yeah, well, it's going to be. Congratulations! That's so cool. It's going to be exciting. We got a whole bunch of family coming in, starting family and friends yeah. arriving, starting like a Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, wow. a whole bunch of and so here, here's what's cool about having you on the show. First of all, I got to say when there are blended marriages all over the place. And I remember when my mom first got a, a, her second husband, Stanley, after my dad died, he had three daughters and they were so incredibly mean to her. I mean, just mean and nasty. And I really wanted to sock them in the head. I mean, that's how mean and nasty they were to my mother, who is not mean or nasty or wasn't back then, <laughs> you know, and I marry Caitlin's dad, Dan, right. in 2010. And I am so blessed with three of the most incredible stepdaughters ever. That's awesome. And so I just got to say that, you know, live on the air, that I'm just so lucky to have have the three of you, you and... We call you Sma. They do, Sma. Ma? For stepmama. Yeah. Sma. Okay. She's Sma. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like smear. No, it's I got Sma. it. Sma. It is Sma. So I'm just very incredibly lucky to have the three of you in my life. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's nice to have normal kids, some normal kids in the family. There's lots, minor lots of variations on kids. <laughs> yeah. And we love all of them. We do love all of them. So your family goes way back here yeah. in the Eastern Sierra. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I am sixth generation uh, from having family in this area. My son will be seventh generation. Wow. My great-great-great-grandfather was one of the early cartographers in the area, and uh, his daughter moved out here. He moved her out here when she was 16. She lost her mother to a tragic suicide um, mm. early in her life. Um, that was a, a combination of having her husband move across the country and being left with a young child. She had also lost two young children. From from early on in in their their time together, and 
Uh, it was a really incredible story. She wrote a book. Her name is Dr. Nellie. Her name is Helen Knight. Oh, that's what Knight. this book is. And so she came to Bishop where she went to high school and then she went on to study medical the medical practice in San Francisco at the San Francisco Toland Hall, which is where I live now. I live in San Francisco. And so it is a really incredible thing to share two locations of a place where women in my family have been for over 100 years. Wow. And what year was she at Bishop High? So I think that she was at Bishop High in like the 1880s. Wow. Because she would have gone to San Francisco in 1890 wow. to study medical school at 18. So it was that. It yeah. is cool. It was before the turn of the century. I mean, and and this area was completely different. You know, there was there were lagoons in Bishop, mm -hmm. and her father uh, created the second map of Bishop that is like I think eight feet by four feet, where he hand painted and drew all of the streets and the lagoons of the subdivision. There were lagoons Bishop. down here. Yeah, there's no dam yeah. control. Well, no, this was before LAPD. That's what you, LA, LADWP, but I mean, there was no yeah. dam control. So there would have been flooding and all the, all like literally yeah. where I live yeah. at times would be flooded. And, yeah. Yeah. So it, I have this, was, this was a very, wow. very lush area. It was a very yeah. different area. Well, when uh, Chalfont wrote his book and they named it Owens Valley, they, they called this little Switzerland mm -hmm. at the time, which tells exactly. you how green this was at that oh, time. Oh, I mean, you know, you have just a very different area. Yeah. This episode of This Crazy Life is sponsored by Stacy Does Weddings. Creating a fun and legal wedding ceremonies is a specialty for wedding officiant Stacy Powell's Leister. Her motto is any kind of wedding, any time of the day or night. Stacy will make sure that the culmination of all the wedding planning, the ceremony itself, will be a moment of grace and love, honoring the fact that the two people found each other in this crazy world we live in, falling deeply and madly in love. Be easy as saying, I do. Stacy will perform any ceremony, non-denominational, religious, non-secular, themed weddings, interfaith, and fasting, and same-sex. Stacy also specializes in last-minute weddings. Call 661-433-9800 or visit her on the web at stacydoesweddings.com. So before, before LADWP took this over was, this was little this was like well i know the owens but, lake was the owens lake it wasn't the owens but i don't want to like totally trash dwp on that they were no it's the, really a this, this whole this whole really area though the farmers and the and the citizens were uh petitioning the government to build dams because they they needed to have some control they couldn't Right. Control exactly. the creeks and the rivers. Were, were, you know, put, there were you know, issues. There were issues with the water control here. However, William Holland also Look at all. saw the opportunity for L.A. as a flourishing city right. rise. So, so, you know, that's we another story. <laughs> we would have controlled the water and flooded the lands where it would, and kept it a little greener, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think there would have, you know, didn't been different probably native practices that probably could have been used a, a little bit better. Yeah. So when was this book written? Um, this book was written... Let's see. Uh, let's see. Nellie was born to Smith and Olive Peck McKnight in Petrolia, Pennsylvania, December 15, 1873. This autobiography follows Nellie from happy days on the farm with Grandmother McKnight to wretched days in a corset factory. That was where her... That's where she... Oh, my God. So you're... And her mom had a, a horrible sewing accident 
which led her to then later commit suicide because she, that was one of her passions. Wow. Uh, so see, Corset Factory to a Dakota homestead to Bishop in Eastern California to join her father and then to a medical school in San Francisco. So, yeah. Um, and then she came back to here. And this was written, let's see, Dr. Nelly, A Child Went Forth. Jenny Smith books. We love Jenny Smith. It was written in 1934. Wow. It looks like, oh, wait, hold on. Do Helen McKnight, 1873. To, she died in 1957, right? Yeah. Is that right? And so new material. Just down the street. On, on yeah, you found, uh, I would Cemetery. love to go see right that. Here. Yeah, Eastline Cemetery. Her yeah, so. husband and, and they lost a child uh, who was four uh, in between my great-grandmother and uh, her brother. Wow. wow. So here's, this is from the end, and I, I saw this. We made our first investment in a home on West Line Street, hmm. where the poplar trees marched like soldiers out on the country road that opened on a vista of Mount Tom. The hoary-headed Vignette Peak. Is that Vignette? Benignant? It's a French word. You know what? I'm a writer, and I still can't pronounce it. Benignant Peak that watched over the destinies of the town of Bishop. My office was to be in front of our home. Yeah. So that's so on West Line Street is where. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if we can find out where her first home was. You think that's still standing? I don't know if it's still standing. I mean, so much development has happened in the. One of the few houses that exist, and they keep it very, very quiet because yeah. they don't want the historical society coming in. Yeah. Really. There's a lot of regulations so they, that have to happen with the historical. Would it have been where the reservation is now? Mm -hmm. Do you think, or I don't know? I mean, West Line Street. How far do you think? It, does she mention anywhere like how far out of town? I don't know how far. Be, yeah, I mean, there's this, about the hospital, I mean, the, the, the cemetery. Yeah, I mean, the cemetery and the the hospital are the the two markers that I kind of know where. So I don't know. Huh. Wow, that is that is crazy. And I know that um, there was one point where somebody else in your family, I think it was your mom's grandmother, built the what was that lodge up by. Um, up by Lake George. So the Woods Lodge. Woods Lodge. So Dee Dee was her grandmother, my great grandmother. She yeah. often would go, and and that was where, you know, that side of the family would vacation and and help, yeah, kind of helped steward Lake George as a as a place of recreation. And recently, I found out that my great great grandmother, not Dr. Nelly's dad, had worked in the mines, and while he was living up there, had just lived up the street from our house. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so wait, we, where's Woods Lodge? Woods Lodge is at uh, Lake George up in, oh, okay. up in the lake space right now. There's still, there's still a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know what you're talking about now. Yeah, but, but the mining camps was yeah. where he lived, and okay. we live right down the street off of Mill Street, which was one of the first streets in Mammoth. Hmm. Right, and on the property, there's still a rail on the property from where the mine used to send the carts down full of ore. Wait, ore. at your place? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, we've got some some artifacts and stuff. That is so yeah. cool. And we're going to be digging up a little bit of, <laughs> we might find some, you know what, with, with the property improvement that you guys are doing because of your some, wedding, we may unearth some treasures. Might some unearth some treasures there. When um, Well, it was also a, an early um, Native American site because there's been a lot of arrowheads. Arrowheads. Found, so, yes. You know, really honoring the people that were there long before. Oh, yes. I mean, that was a great place for a Native American to have a homestead, you know, to have because they were right below the bluffs. And then the creek was just, what, not even a quarter mile away. Yeah. 
you know, from there. So you're, I love that your family has so much history. Yeah, it's a you special know, place. Yeah, yeah, in the Eastern Sierra. And for the wedding, they're doing, uh, one of the things they're going to honor in their wedding is the, the Native Americans and yeah. honoring the land. That's just important you know. to, to acknowledge the, the history. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you, and this is for all new mothers there. So honestly, no one's around. <laughs> no one's going to hear this. <laughs> Nobody's going to see Mom, this. No one's going to see this. Cut this out. <laughs> So, because I see exhausted Caitlin, I see here. Can you take him? Because I need to go back to sleep, Caitlin. Yeah, <laughs> so, and she's up anyway. Sleep, sleep deprivation is a weird form of torture. And had I known that when I went into labor, that was the last time I would sleep, I mean, you yeah. can't do anything about that then. But you yeah, you can never I mean, predict how a kid's going to be. Some of them sleep well, and some of them don't. Exactly, it's a wild ride. Yeah, I mean, he he's sleeping a little bit better than he was when you first brought him. Up, but he's still did he sleep at all last night um he did have a good long stretch but okay because my husband snores and he just recently returned i did not sleep that well okay mm. have you heard of earplugs <laughs> i add them in yeah i wear earplugs too <laughs> oh my god so how really how is it everything that would are you were you blindsided by anything i mean other than the sleep thing i mean how is it being a mom because I know that's something that you were a little anxious about before, and she was huge. But the funniest thing, I mean, she's tiny. No, her belly. Her, she's tiny, and so, but her belly was huge. And her mom and one of her sisters painted this beautiful mandala. Mandala. Oh yeah, on her belly. Oh. Belly painting. Yeah, they do on, on the with, uh, What do they call that? That uh, dye. And yeah, like it was like it was like it was like face paint. Things. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a lot of help. You know, you've got your sisters who adore their nephew, of course, and your mom lives close by. And, yep. But, I mean, but really, he is all attached to you. And so funny, when she picks him up, he sucks on her chin. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Like, that's why he's like, there's milk here somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> close by. <laughs> so how, how is it? You know, it's it's a really unique journey. And I think that the opportunity to become a mother has been something that I'm extremely grateful for. You know, I think that the ability to bring another life into this world and do my best to set him up for a life of success and know that he's loved and know that he comes from a long line of women of backbones of steel um, and of which Dr. Nelly was one of them. I think that it's it's an incredible thing to be able to be in a position to steward another life into this world. And I really hope that because I know he will grow up with a very different life than I've had or that you've had or that any of us have, have known, um, both in the interconnectedness of things, the acceleration of technology, but also the real change of climate and how mm -hmm. that will affect you know, what life is like in his lifetime. And I hope that in his lifetime, he will see more resilient measures, adaptation measures, ways that people are working more with the land, with the environment we rather hope. than against it. Right. And I think that, you know, it's it's uh, it's just, I am one step in, in a long step of people who have come before me and will come after me, hopefully. And um, yeah, I just feel very grateful. I just kind of feel like I'm taking it in. I'm just, you know, really just sitting back to be part of it however I can. Imagine just because of the time period could live to 2100. Imagine all the things that you yeah, and I've seen could. in our life 
I mean, going yeah. to space and f- mm-hmm. all the all the things that he's going to get. I mean, mobile to, phones, I mean, there's the gonna internet, be hardships. Yeah, there's going to be hardships. There always are. Yeah. We have recessions and depressions. But, and but stuff. it's it's. But imagine yeah. you know, like like you said, the hope of if humanity can come together and exactly, you know, I mean, planet and and and, and the, fix some of the problems that we have. But even you know colonization of different planets and just i mean you just never yeah, know who knows what what's on on the next 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 years trajectory. Yeah. i mean that's that's i think the beautiful thing about all of this is i don't think my great great grandmother had in her mind what her descendants would experience with i mean they were before cars she had she lived yeah. before cars and so to then be now where you can the, the eastern sierras was such a remote place but now you know we can get from the bay area to the eastern sierras in a matter of hours well you could you could fly and, and we're imagine, an hour. You imagine even in her profession now, like my sister had a surgery, I think it was in La Jolla. The doctor was in Boston. This episode of This Crazy Life is also sponsored by Jaspin IT Consultants. Jaspin is trusted by financial firms, hospitals, and small businesses with over 30 years of experience, specializing in computer repair for PC and Mac, managed IT solutions, managed antivirus, servers, virtualization, networking, surveillance solutions, VoIP phone service, and digital signage. We are building a reputation for creating a positive return on investments for our clients. If you are serious about your business success, our team of professionals can get you there. Strategic thinking, personal attention, competitive prices, real-world results. Discover the Jaspin difference located at 249 north main street in bishop california 760-872-2797 or on the web at www.jaspin.com wow mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just wow yeah think about yeah exactly the world and what's gonna happen yeah well caitlin is also um as as her sisters are are, are big supporters of anything that has to do with creating a better planet yeah you know for all to live in so i think you and other mothers like you and other fathers like you who are having kids right now um the kids are lucky to have parents who are going to say look this is not infinite natural gas is not infinite plastic is is gotta go i mean that's almost infinite yeah that's (laughs) that's almost in abundance everywhere yeah and um and to be able to teach the kids you know from the get-go about how important it is to to instill them because it wasn't instilled in me Mm. you know how important it is to recycle or to you know i i came from a very throw it away family i came from the family of Hungry man dinners. My mother hated cooking, and so hungry man dinners and and that kind of thing. And everything was disposable at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go into a whole tangent around the waste industry. And, you can. And we have. Oil. We have. I think that we have ten minutes. So go ahead. Time, I think eventually one day, like fifty to hundred years from now, the next mining is going to be our landfills. Right. I mean, getting those resources. Back. Yeah. There. I think the thing to go back to the hope and the excited component of things like in, in what technologies and also naturologies in a sense, you know, there are mushrooms that can decompose plastic. There mm-hmm. are, I, wait, are, what? Yeah, no, there is. There are, There's there are, mushrooms that can decompose. I think, yeah. I think the, the, the natural world still is one of the most amazing 
things that we can be in reverence of in 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 its adaptation its resilience is its evolution its shift and so you know there will be times when we say you know can you imagine how they did things back in that time 2023 and then in the same time there will be like and you know look at this thing we could have never imagined they'll be like Remember the dark ages of recycling and when they actually thought they were saving the planet? Well, because recycling was a good little thing introduced by the big oil companies to yeah. help you consume more plastic. Yeah. yeah. But imagine. Yeah. Thing. Well, right now the recycling is, it's, I've heard it's just a fraud. I mean, there's I mean, still. I mean, it's it's less than 8% of plastics are actually recycled. Well, the problem I heard is, is glasses. That, that one bucket concept where you can throw it all into one container is cross-contaminating and making most of the recycling yeah and especially in a rural area like this you have to to really acknowledge what gets separated and recycled and dealt with rather than you know sending it all off to the landfill but it's it's hard and it's especially hard in rural areas yeah i even speak out to the christian community they should be recycling more than anything because uh According to Genesis, it's their job or our job to be good stewards of the planet and to take I mean, care of it. And I so. think that's, you know, that goes beyond any, any religious belief. Exactly. We can all em- embrace that well, sense they, of being stewards. I just hit that one and hitting a, uh, a sore spot with them on the whole climate change part of things. But regardless of whether climate is changing or not, it is, it is our job. Exactly. To take care of this planet. Exactly. Yeah. We've if you could just go back that. to that that one line of being stewards of the planet, I think that's exactly. something that we could all get behind. Well, how long do you think it's going to take before um, the society of the universe is going to come down and say, all right, I've been watching you all for a few hundred years now, and you're not doing what we'd hoped you're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. So we're going to... Well, but I mean, what what does that even mean? You know, what what was, does that imply that that control Start is over. outside of ourselves? Because I think that in that kind of self determined society, I think we have the capacity and capabilities to make the shifts that are needed to make. You know, I, I guess I need to step back on my comment there. I guess I wasn't trying to like bash on the. No, you Christian were just saying what the Bible. What I'm trying to say is, is they need to get on board with all of this, and we everybody needs to work together and stop this whole nonsense about whether that's changing or not changing. We can all agree on one thing: it is our job to take care of this planet, Absolutely. and it's time that we stop arguing and fighting about it. Mm-hmm. Get politics out of it, mm-hmm. and uh, regardless, uh, work towards a better future. Yeah, I mean that's been one of the biggest challenges about witnessing the politics in the last several years is how divisive it's become and and even electric doesn't seem to even i mean we we talk about how great it is but the lithium mining and the things that we're doing this seabed mining i mean it's toxic i mean we find yeah we i don't think there's one answer to this problem like they keep trying to preach we've got it's a symphony of solutions yeah and even our solar panels are toxic if not recycled properly i mean exactly we had a big old <laughs> talk about that. What, what was that? What was that uh, documentary we watched about the solar panels and and what it actually takes to make a solar panel? I don't remember the name of it, but er- Eric think... Eric told us to watch it. We watched yeah. it and we were our mouths were hanging. But I up think it, it was yeah. still. But I took a step back from that film because I think it was still just one perspective. Mm-hmm. So I it did a lot be. of work with. I've done a lot of work with. It, nonprofit and grassroots and philanthropic organizations around climate and how to better understand the relationship between climate and people and planet and an effort. And I think that, you know, 
a takeaway is again there's no silver bullet of solutions it's a symphony of solutions and it's also about empowering local and indigenous nations who have had relationships with the earth and how they've worked with the earth for much longer mm -hmm. than a colonization perspective and i think at this point there's really a need to weave both because there's value in in both there's value in in ancient land practices and there's value in technology there's value in in understanding how we can better cultivate the resources in a way that's not detrimental i think i think the profiteering part of it is where the problem comes in Absolutely. it's just like the old mining days you come in and they'll throw a bond up to clean it up but it costs more than the bonds worth so they they leave it and so yeah. you have that with the the solar panels like if we did things properly yeah and we we recycled them properly and and it was there is a plan in place and you kind of remove the whole prop everybody needs to make a living right but we don't need to get rich off of it right and if we remove that component from it where we all work together for the common good of mankind mm -hmm. i mean one of my tyrants is is that we still import so much from china but yet it's like we really if we want to hold our our air quality standards mm -hmm. then we, you know, you either adapt or right. we're not taking your products anymore. Right. And it's also... Why could we bear the whole burden and let them absolutely keep profiting off of us and but it's destroying also, the planet? Also, where we can be creating for ourselves in the United States and, and create industries that have the ability to be more localized. Sustainable and independent of... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a lot to say in a lot of different viewpoints on on international trade and and how we work together but again it goes back to you know the idea of circular local mm -hmm. solutions mm -hmm. and how that can be scaled and also decentralized because mm -hmm. i think that's another component too is that there shouldn't be one central entity or one central language or one central currency mm -hmm. that's dominating the planet right but that's my little <laughs> No, I'm just I'm sicking I'm I'm you know, I haven't been able to, to talk to you because there's always a, a baby crying and you're you're trying to I mean raising a baby and then trying to plan she's amazing trying to plan a wedding yeah at the same time has been just interesting to watch her just go through all this machina like, machinations with all of this into this conversation just like you know I'm, I'm for capitalism but at the same time I, I want that you know that Star Trek society where we yeah. all work together yeah. for the common good to explore the galaxy and yeah. everything is, is wonderful yeah. I just don't know if we could get there well, the way that we are right now. It's like the it's next generation. Yeah, it's teaching the next generation. I mean, you have a young in charge. You have a grandson, Maeve. You've got yeah. another. You've got a granddaughter. Yeah. You know, and it's people like Caitlin and people like you. They're going to instill it's, into this into this new generation what needs to be done. Needs Seriously, because all of us baby boomers and some of the baby boomers that are in office in this in this country right now, we're, we're going to die. Toxic you know, individuality has yeah, to end. We're gonna... I think so too. And I think that's, you know, that's the other part of it too, is that there's so much that gets brought into conversations and relationships that isn't about the, the fundamental point. Mm -hmm. I think fundamental point is there is a, a, an issue or a, a, an upset and the way to move forward isn't about finding your personal relationship to the issue. It's about finding solutions and pathways regardless of your personal viewpoint on it. Mm -hmm. And I think the ability to step back and 
and separate feelings from action is going to be really key as we continue to move forward because it's not about a personal attack. We shouldn't be personally attacking each other. Mm-mm. We should be understanding what the, what the issues that are affecting all of us because we don't live in a separate entity. We are all interconnected both to each other and the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any parting words? Congratulations. Dr. Nelly's great, 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 great granddaughter is related to me. And this is the book that you can probably get uh, at the Twin Lakes Gallery. I know that. And through the Jenny um, Smith Publishing Collection. It's an amazing book. I would highly recommend it. I'm definitely going to get it. Didn't I get you and your sister is the book for like one holiday or something? Yeah, we've we've all got first edition. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Just pretty incredible, and you're an incredible human being, and I'm just so honored to call you my family stepdaughter. And thank you for being here on Slightly Filtered. Fun. And yeah, I just uh, I told you it was a surprise. Yeah. You know, I told you it's a surprise. Always a surprise when we have family members on television. I think this is the first because your dad doesn't want to be on television. He doesn't. He doesn't like being in front of the camera, but he is really good on the radio. <laughs> but he did sit behind the camera for us and babysat it during. He did. He did fifteen minutes of mammoth. He did babysit the cameras. Got to thank you, Dan Leister, for babysitting the camera. So, I'm Stacy Powell's. I'm Jason Brown. And this is slightly filtered. I love it when a plan doesn't come together. (laughs) 